This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. No, who knows I'm giving the shir tonight. His name is Shmuel Ben Sara, and I told him that I'm going to give this shir that um, he should have atzlocha and his parnasa and what he's doing. He wants to build. He wants to build places for Jewish children all over the world. He wants to call it Magain Nisim, the protector. Nisim was his father's name. Nisim also means miracles. So you should have a bracha that uh, through this chutz that all you guys are here. Because even though there's a party in Manhattan tonight that a lot of you know about, 3,000 kids in the club. The club has three floors. I checked it out. Yeah. Big party. 16 and younger, Rabbi Wallerstein wanted to go, but they said over 18, not admitted. So I figured maybe I'll take a close shave, you know, and slick my hair back, whatever's left. Um, and they let me into the party, but the kids in Brooklyn said, Rabbi, you're not going to get in. So every single person that's in this room right now, all of you, I want you to know, it's going to be Maybe thousands of kids. We'll talk about this party. We'll talk about this spider web that the Satan set up. Why are they making a party for kids 16 and younger? Like, seriously, exactly. Seriously, at one of these clubs, where do, where do they make their money? They make their money on selling drinks, right? Tonight, at this club, a lot of you know about this, they can't sell drinks. It's like the kids have to sneak the liquor in, you know, past the, past the bouncer. So my question was, why are you opening a club to Jewish kids, specifically Jewish kids, and you're not serving drinks? Because they're under 16. I would think, make a party for Rabbi Wallerstein, 21 and older, because we're going to buy drinks. These kids are going to buy Pepsi-Cola, Fresca, Diet Coke. Well, you guys don't need to drink Diet Coke, Right? But, like, why are you doing it? What are they doing it for? And I'll tell you the answer. I know the answer. When I was growing up, so, we didn't do the stuff you guys do. Not that, I'm not talking to anyone, of course, in this room. I'm talking about your friends. You know, no one, no one here. What I'm talking about tonight is not about anyone here, Chas Vashav. Some guy you know somewhere else, or some girl you know somewhere else. When we were growing up, girls, uh, rock and roll, drinking, smoking, all this stuff, you started around 18, 19. Today, Yetzirah says, that's not good, because if they started 18, 19, Maybe they're going to end up, some rabbi's going to, you know, 19 years old, you have brains. You know, when you're under 16, you know the story. When God gave out brains, you thought he said pains. He said, I don't want any. But seriously, when you're young, you think a little bit differently. So the Yitzhahara came up with a brilliant idea. Let's get the Jewish kids when they're 13, 14. Let's mess them up at 14. If we mess them up at 14... By the time they're 17, 18, they are so messed up that there's not going to be anyone else to help them. I've been in rehabs. I've been in drug rehabs. 
I don't got to tell you guys, you live here, you live on, in New York, the worst place in the world. Okay, you're in Queens. It's not as bad as Brooklyn. It's still a little bit better. But you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and the stuff is starting at 12, 13, 14. You know, the Yetzirah created the Internet. So you guys, you know, I had to go sneak. I lived in Munster, lived upstate. So there was a drive-in. You don't even know what that is. There was a drive-in. It was a movie theater with a big screen. And you'd go in your car and you'd watch the movie in your car. And then they would take a sound, they put it into your car, and you'd watch the movie in your car. That was the old days, was a, was a driver. When I was in yeshiva, so we used to sneak out, and we, we didn't have a car, right? Because we were young kids, we were 16 years old. So we used to sneak to the drive-in, stand all the way in the back, and watch the movie without sound. So it was very interesting, because we were like eight guys that did this, right? And each guy came away from the movie with a different movie, because we didn't hear any sound. So we were reading the lips. So I was like, he was telling that guy he's going to kill him. The other guy was saying, what are you talking about? He was his best friend. He was telling him, let's hang out. Because we all read. So eight guys walked away from the movie. We all had a different movie. But that was like the terrible thing that we did. And what was the movie already? It was a rated, maybe today it would be rated G. Right? <laughs> it would definitely be rated G. So, so it was like a very different. So what, what's going on? Let me tell you guys what's going on. Let me tell you girls what's going on. There was no such thing as a party for kids, 16 and younger, where 3,000 Jewish kids, their souls are going to be taken by the other side. Because anyone who goes to this party, there's girls, there may not be any drinks, I don't have to tell you, there's every Yetzirah and every Avera that a person can think of. So, there's a war. We're in a war. The Jewish people, we have souls. We have very holy souls. The other side, the other side, the dark side, they have, it's like, they have no batteries. They have no energy. Their energy comes from us. Their energy comes from us. We support them. When we do an Avera, when a Jewish soul does an Avera, we give energy to the other side. Tonight, if you could see without your eyes, if you could see Spirit. If any in this room, anyone in this room was holy enough to see spirit, you would see above this club tonight. I'll tell you what you would see above this club tonight. You would see this huge, dark, black creature hovering in the heavens above this club. And you would see it sucking all the fire. Yeah, all the fire of all our souls. And living off that, and from that, giving the power to cancer, to disease, to drugs, to death, to things rotting, to things being spoiled, to things being ruined, because that's what it lives off. Tonight, the spider will feed very well. It's going to sit on top of that club, and it's going to suck out all our Jewish souls. And there's this little place in Queens with... 50 kids in it that are the enemy that are here to learn and that are here to grow and that are here to say even though it's not 8.30 so you're not leaving yet but are here to say I am not a fly in the net of the spider you are not getting my soul tonight man I'm a fighter I'm a warrior I'm the enemy you're not taking my soul tonight 
You're not getting me into that club tonight. I'm not joining. I am not feeding the spider. Now, you might think Rabbi Wallstein's out of his mind. Spiders, black things above the club. What are you talking about? One of the biggest things today, and I'm sure you've all heard of it, is called depression. I'm depressed. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. What do you mean you're not happy? You got an iPod, a cell phone. You got the internet. You got Facebook. You got a girlfriend. You got MySpace, their space. You're a Twiggy, a tweeter, a Twitter, or whatever you are. You have everything. You got your Nikes. You got more than Michael Jackson. You got a lot more. You got everything, right? Check, check that out. Check that out, boys. I grew up with Michael Jackson. Absolutely. Absol- no, I grew up with Michael Jackson. I grew up with Michael Jackson. And he was like a god when I grew up. He was the best dancer, the best singer. I grew up with Michael Jackson when he was a little boy of five years old when it was the Jackson Five. I grew up with this man, the best, the king of pop, the Godot, the, the, the Rosh Hashiva, the Melech, the king. He was the king. He, is, he was. We all looked at him and said, oh my goodness, nobody can move like that. Nobody can dance like that, and nobody looks that good in a white glove. <laughs> nobody. Hashem taught us a very big lesson. Boys, listen carefully. God taught us a very big lesson. Okay, so the rabbis get up all the time, and what do we say? The rabbi before me got up. God loves you so much! And this and that, and, and if you go to the club, Rabbi Wallstein said... The spider will... Everybody in this room is thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm, I look old, but I'm not that old. Everyone in this room is thinking, he's right, but not me. Not me. I can go to the club, and it's not going to affect me. Drugs, don't affect me. Girls, not me. I'm different. That's the Yitzhah always tells us. I'm different. So what did God do? Michael Jackson, who was my superstar... The guy should have died. He died. But he should have died a happy, superstar, multi-billionaire who built parks for children, who he loved children, right? The wrong way. Right? So one second. So one second. So let's take this guy who had so much talent. Thriller was the number one selling album of all time. Better than the Beatles, better than Zeppelin, better than 50 Cent, better than anybody. Better than Eminem, better than anybody. So Hashem said, I want to show you, this is for us to learn, I want to show you what all this stuff leads up to. What do you have in the end? What's the end game of a guy that's so famous, so talented, so unbelievable. What does he die with? He dies miserable on Oxycontin, on drugs. He owes, they're, they're, they're right now trying to figure out $200 million in debt. You hear? $200 million in debt. The drugstore in California where he got his medicine, 
was fighting today because he owes him a bill of $100,000. He died without a penny. He died owing the whole world money. He died alone in his bedroom with a doctor at his side. He died a broken man. His charities don't exist. He abused children. Take a look, Rabbi Wallerstein, at your idol growing up. Take a look at Thriller. And it's not a joke, because I thought about it. Why is it called Thriller? Because the Yetzirah, his whole power is the thrill. We're going to go have a good time, the thrill. So you're saying, hey, I'm not Michael Jackson. I would never do this. If, if God gave me all this money and all this ability, I would be different. Wrong. So, we have, I, I, I want to discuss something which I think goes through every single kid's head. We don't have a choice about anything. Even though people like to walk around and say, I got a choice, right? Girls, you were born, you had no choice. But you were born. One. Hey, the party didn't start yet, guys. Come on, a couple more minutes. Don't jump out on me, baby. Don't jump out on me. Hang tough, hang tough. Come on, you can do this. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for you to come back in. Okay, listen. We don't have, we don't have, listen, let me tell you something. I can coach, you know, you can coach the team. There's some guys that get on the court and play the game. And then there's the losers who sit on the bench. You know, there are guys who are bench guys and there are guys who play the game. I deal with guys who get on the court and play the game. I'm a coach. People who sit on the bench who don't want to play the game, hey, what, do you, what can you do? You know? So, we don't have a choice that we're born. One. We don't have a choice that you're a girl. You're born a girl. You didn't ask to be a girl. You guys didn't ask to be a boy. You're born a girl. You're born a boy. No choice. You don't have a choice that you're born Jewish. You're born Jewish. You could have been born Christian. You could have been born Hindu. You could have been in India. Right? You could have been serving the cows. You could have, as the cow crosses the street, you could have said, Oh my God, my God is crossing the streets. Right? <laughs> or Rabbi Wallstein was in India, was eating a steak sandwich. You could say, Oh my God, Rabbi Wallstein is eating my God. Right? <laughs> right? You could have been a Hindu. You could have been a Buddhist. You could have been sitting cross-legged with this big fat guy with a big belly. Right? Sitting there. And you could have been going, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. You could have been doing that also. Right? You could have been Christian. You could have been Muslim. You could have said, Allah Akbar, and blow up the whole world. <laughs> right? And there's a couple of guys in this room that are like, yeah, Rabbi Wallstein, I wish I was there. I like to blow up things. That would have been a good deal. But instead, everyone in this room was born a Jew. Or became a Jew. So, you didn't have a choice that you're a boy or a girl. You didn't have a choice that you're alive. You didn't have a choice... If you're a Jew and not a Jew, and you didn't have a choice who your parents are. Uh-huh. Some of you like, I'm happy with what Hashem gave me. Some of you are like, oh boy, if I had a choice, I would trade them in. <laughs> and, I would, and I would definitely trade in my brother and sister in a minute. Nobody asked me. My parents didn't ask me permission to give me a brother and a sister, right? So, God, why did you put me into this world 
if I don't have any choices. So then I'm an animal. I'm a cow. A cow has no choice. A horse has no choice. A bird has no choice. A fish has no choice. So I have no choice. And the answer is you have a big choice. What is a person's choice? A person's choice is what do you do with the things that you have no choice? I'm a Jew. So what do I do that Hashem created me a Jew? Am I proud of it? Is it something I want to develop? Or am I ashamed of it? And I don't want anyone to know about it. That is what you have a choice. I'll tell you a, a little bit of a scary story. I'm not here tonight to scare you. But eh, if I do, why not? Scary. Pretty scary. So, right before Shabbos, when God created the world, there were these things called Shadim that were created. Shadim are not human, and they're not Malachim. They're something in between. And there's a lot of text on it, Gemaras and stories, Shlomo Melech. A shade is what we call in English a changeling. It can change itself into look like any living thing, but there's one thing it can't change. It can't change its feet. Its feet are duck feet. So if you see someone at the pool and their feet are like duck feet with webs, call the shade them busters. Let me know because we got to take care of that person. That's the only part of their body that they can't change. Now, they are very dangerous. They do not like human beings. Is they real things? Yeah, they're real things. No, they're, 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 they're back in the back and they're still around. And they're still around. What? Oh, uh-oh. All right, anyway. Shh. There, is, there is such a thing. Shh, boys, boys. Boys, there is such a thing though. So before you judge the girl to be a shade... There is such a thing that a person can be born naturally as a human being that way. But the, the Gemara, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Let me tell you something about the Jewish people. There's no such thing as a bad girl, a bad Jewish girl, or a bad Jewish boy. There are good Jewish boys and good Jewish girls who do bad things. But, shh. But you got to be careful. Anyway, so, the Gemara talks about a lot. I think I met one once in my life. Um, I'm not sure 100% I didn't make him take off his shoes but he definitely was very powerful and, and, and very scary so there's a story that's written in a very holy book called the Kavayasha and the story says the following there was a man who was a Moel he used to do brismilas and he was a very very cheap guy he wouldn't give any money for charity ever people would come to his house he'd slam the door on their face he wouldn't come to synagogue because he didn't want when poor people come around collecting. He didn't want to give him a quarter. He wouldn't give him anything. But this guy had one good thing about him. He would do a bris milah, The mullah would do a bris milah for free. He wouldn't charge any money. One day there's a knock on his door. There's this very good looking man. And the man says, I hear that you do bris milah for free. Would you come and do a bris milah on my son? No problem. Takes his bag. He takes his brisket. Ha ha. Takes his bag. And he gets into the wagon, and he travels for three days through a very dark forest, through a bunch of mountains, and he comes to this most magnificent town, beautiful houses with beautiful gold and silver, 
He's like, wow, these guys are very rich. Okay, the man who came to get him takes the horses, he's bringing it into the barn. The Moel, guys, competition I have all day in business. But I can't, I can't have competition at night. I can't deal with it. Now it's my rest time. This is my downtime, guys. So I don't want to compete. Hello? Hi, speak English? Medaber English? Sat? Tov. Ani achshav medaber. Okay? Good. All right. And I will take off my shoes and socks if you want at the end. And I don't have web feet. So you don't have to be scared of me. Anyway. But. I'm probably more dangerous than a shade if I take off my shoes and socks. <laughs> so, they're demons, right. That's what they are. So anyway, he goes into the house, and he hears a baby crying. So he's, oh, the mile has to check the baby. He says, where's the baby? It's in the mother's room. He knocks on the door. Lady answers. She says, how can I help you? He says, I'm the Moel. I'd like to see the baby before I do the bris tomorrow. She says, sure, come in. He walks in. She says, oh my God, Rabbi, Moel, oh my God, do you know where you are? She says, I don't know, I'm in a very, very nice, he's okay, he's good, 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 don't worry about it. I wasn't any, when I was his age, wasn't any different. You're fine, it's okay. Anyway, so, she says to him, you don't understand where you are. She says, I'm a human woman, but the man that brought you here is a demon. And this whole city is built by demons. You're in big trouble. You're a human amongst demons. They're going to kill you. The minute you do the bris milah tomorrow morning, they're going to kill you. And then they're going to skin you. And then they're going to cut you into little pieces. And then they're going to eat you. He's like, what? She goes, this is a town of Shadim. He says, so what should I do? She says, the rule, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. She says, hey, no one under like, hey, okay. Hope you don't have nightmares tonight. Okay, this is, this is a true story. So he says, she says, if you, if you don't take anything from them, they're going to try to give you something for free. You take something for free, they own you. You lose your choice. If you don't take anything from them, they can't hurt you. But if you tell them that I told you who they are, they'll kill me and you. So don't tell them. Okay? This man walks in. The shade walks in. He says, Moel, tonight we're going to have a big party. I don't know if Bukharians make this party. The night before the bris, it's called the Zohar. I don't know if you guys have it, but I think you do. Right? We're going to make this big party, and we want you to come to the party. And we're going to give you to eat. And he's thinking to himself, oh my goodness, if I take something to eat from these guys, they own me. He says, ah, oh, I had a terrible trip. I'm nauseous. I, I, I got to go to sleep. I can't come to the party. Okay, they didn't know that the woman warned him. They said, fine, Moel, go to sleep. We don't, we don't want you to be too tired tomorrow when you do the bris milah. We want you to be awake. Fine. Next morning, he comes to the bris milah. He does the bris milah on this little kid. He circumcises this little kid. And now they put out this party. He never in his life saw food like this in his life. And all these shadim, all these demons who are, are changelings, so they look like human beings, are sitting on a table like this. The food was a little better, right? It was a table like this. And they're all sitting there. And they put the seat of the moel at the front of the table. And they're like, 
You did such a beautiful job. You did such a good deed. Have something to eat. And they bring him duck. And they bring him chicken. And they bring him steak. And he's like, I had a very bad dream last night. And one of the things when you have a bad dream is the next day you're supposed to fast. He said, even though it's a big bris and it's a very happy occasion, I need to fast today. I can't eat. They're like, we even have sushi. He's like, sushi? They're like, yeah, have some sushi. Like, no, I can't. I'm fasting. Okay. So that day he takes nothing from them. He still has his own choice, still has his own power. The shade, the head shade that, that I brought him says to him, you know what, I feel very bad. I feel very bad. I want to take you, I have three rooms upstairs. I want to take you to my three rooms upstairs. This guy's sweating. He's shaking. Oh my goodness, he's going to he's gonna kill me. He'll take me to one of the rooms. He's going to chop off my head, right? They're going to start eating me. But I didn't take anything from them. So I still have the power to make my own choice. So he takes him upstairs. This is not a story from a book. This is not a Disney story. This is not The Little Mermaid. This is from a Kavayosha, which is a holy of holy books. It's a book of Kabbalah. It's a very holy book. It's not a joke. So he takes him into the first, yes. Do they know that they're demons? Or they're... He knew. They were all demons. Yeah. It was... they're, no, they were all dressed like us. But they all knew that it was, they knew that they had this one human being amongst them, but they all knew they were demons. It was a city of demons. Oh, very good question. So, the Kalayosha says that we learn from this story that a human woman, Jewish human woman, with a demon man, the child needs to have a bris milah. We learn from this story. Good question. So, the demon isn't Jewish, but the woman was Jewish. By the way, she told the Moel that she was kidnapped as a young girl by them. And that's how they got her. Okay, so he brings him to the first room. And this guy's like shaking, like, oh man, you know. He knows the guy's a demon. The demon doesn't know that he knows. And now he's taking him into a room. He's like, oh my goodness, they're all going to be there, you know, with their forks and knives. Like, you know. They walk into this room. And the room is full of jewels and gold and crowns. And the Gemara, the Talmud says that demons love money and demons love to steal. So all the treasures of all the boats that crashed in the sea, they take that. So he walked into this room, this size, full of gold and silver and jewels. And the demon said to him, Moel, I didn't pay you. You can take any jewel from this room that you want. And Miles thinking to himself, oh my goodness, if I take one thing, I belong to them. So he says, I'm a very rich man. He was a very rich man. I don't need your money. I don't need your jewels. I don't need your gold. You should come to my house. You should see what I got. Huh? You got a 32-inch television? I got a 52-inch television. You think you got something? Check out what I got. Okay. So the demon says, okay, I'll take you to the next room. He's like, oh my goodness, what's going to be in the next room? They walk into the next room. Not jewels, not crowns, not jewelry. Bars and bars and bars of gold. Treasure and treasure and treasure. And the demon says to him, I know you're rich. Take as many bars of gold and put it on your wagon that you want. He says to the demon, you don't seem to get it. 
I don't need your money. The demon has one room left. He says, okay, mister. And this is very important. Let's go into the third room. They open the door of the room. And the Moel is standing there, the human Moel. And he turns white. And he starts to sweat. And he looks at the opposite wall. What The reason he's white. And there on the opposite wall are 15 human heads. Just kidding. (laughs) Looking on the wall is thousands and thousands of keys. And the demon looks at this Moel and says to him, What's up with you? Why are you so white? Why are you shaking? It's just a room of keys. And the Moel says to the demon, But those keys on the wall are my keys. That's my key holder. Just text them that you're going to be there in a few minutes. You're a few minutes late. Don't get nervous. Tell your friends that Rabbi Wallstein's giving a share and the party is still going. I'm looking this way when I'm supposed to be looking that way. It's an old trick. Maybe they're, maybe they're texting me. Hold on. There you go. Good timing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Rabbi, your story is amazing. Okay, fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway, listen to this. So he says, what are you so nervous? He goes, how'd you get my keys? How did you get my keys? That's the key to my house. That's the key to my treasure. That's the key to my social security box. How did you get my keys? And the Shindalad, the shade, in Hebrew it's called the Shindalad, the demon turned to this Moel. Listen to what he said, girls. He said, when a person makes a decision to do something on the dark side and they do it once you still have a choice boys you do an Avera once you still have a choice you do it twice you have less of a choice you do it a hundred times you have no more choice I'm sure you've all heard speeches there's addiction to drinking there's addiction to smoking There's addiction to playing poker. There's addiction to boy and girl being physically together. What does that mean, addiction? What does that word mean? It's a big fancy word. You're an addict. You're a drug addict. You smoke. You're addicted to smoking. You're a gambler. GA. Gambler Anonymous, you're addicted to gambling, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm in a shul. You're addicted to boys being with girls, I'm saying it nicely, physically. So the first time, I don't know, this might be wrong, I don't think we should be doing this. 
Ah, oh, the guy's like, ah, don't worry about it. Ah, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. They're a bunch of animals. And, 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 and I'm one of them. I'm on the boy's side. I'm not, I'm not saying it's about you. It's about us. It's us and them. And our job, we think in our lives, is to get them. So we can go home and take a pen and say to our friends, got her, check number one. And they're sitting on their side and they're, he loves me. Oh, Jenny, he loves me. Oh, you should have a boyfriend like I have. He loves me. We're going to be forever. Yeah, right. Dream about it. Fantasize about it. You don't got a chance. We hunt you. We get you. And then we go hunt a new one. Do you ever see girl, you know, on the Palisades Parkway coming from upstate? So when there's deer season, it's terrible. It breaks my heart. You have they, the, the hunters, they take the deer and they put them on the, on the hood of their car. And, you know, they drive and you see the dead deer, the poor deer, right? Now, did you ever see a woman... Guys, you ever see a woman driving a car with a dead deer on the hood? They don't hunt. We hunt. You shoot one deer, and we're like, we're, we're like all proud of ourselves. Because you have this deer who's an animal, right? He's like 5,000 feet away. You went ahead. This is us guys. This is what gets us high. This is what turns us on, right? We go ahead. We buy a rifle with a scope, with a laser that you could hit. A freckle on a wall two miles away, right? You don't have to be talented at all, right? Guy picks up the gun. The poor deer doesn't smell him because he's in a different county, a different country, right? The guy sits and goes, oh, I got this baby. Boom! Deer's head blows up. You know, you just, no, not the head, right? You killed it. You're like, hey, look what I did. You idiot. <laughs> what did you do? You pulled the trigger? Wow. You're unbelievable. I wish I could be your friend. Not only that, we take the deer, we put it on the hood of the truck. Look at me. So, when we write to our girlfriends, the first word we write on the card, deer. Because that's all they are. We just hunt them. We just hunt them. And then we put them on our hood. And we can tell our friends... I got another one. How'd you get her? Oh, you know what they like to hear. I told her what she likes to hear. Yay, big man. Yay. You ruined somebody's life. Yeah. You walk around. You dope. What did you do? What did you do? You hurt another person's feelings. What did you do? Right? But they get all excited. Oh, it works. Oh, they're going crazy. They're running around. I have a boyfriend. You have a boyfriend? Well, this is the newest thing. Is it a boyfriend? Rabbi, is it a boyfriend or is it a friend that's a boy? I'm like, what's the difference? Oh, you don't understand the difference. I have a lot of friends that are boys. A boyfriend? Oh, Rabbi, you know what a boyfriend is? He's, he's all mine. He, 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 he's all mine. I'm like, yeah, he's all yours? Check this out. You go with this boyfriend that's all yours for a walk in Manhattan on a hot day. 
Let's see how many times he turns his head. Woo, check that one out. Woo, check that one out. Woo. Oh, baby, hold on. Let me get, let me get my phone. Let's get a little, uh, hi. Honey, I love you, honey. Let me get a picture of that one. Whoa, baby. Yeah, yeah. We're steady. I'm your friend. We're, get out of here. Get out of here. Give it to the boyfriend. Now, they're all sitting there thinking, Rabbi Wallstein's funny, right? But, but Rabbi Wallstein doesn't know my boyfriend. He's, he's the big two words. The Sahara Prince these all day. He's different, right? He's, a, he's, he's a different kind of guy. Rabbi Wallstein, you're an animal. You're a bunch of animals, but my boy, he really loves me. Oh, Nebuch, Nebuch. They'll get it one day. Oh, yeah, yeah, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Tonight, that's the dream. You got 3,000 kids going to a party, right, where everyone's going to, I'm going to find my soulmate. That, that boy don't got no soul. How can he be your mate? He don't have no soul. What's he doing at a party with 2,000 girls if he has a soul? My soulmate. They walk around, my soulmate. You guys look like a bunch of soulmates. Yeah, Right. Soulmate. You know what a soulmate is? Soul? You know what a soul is? You know what an ashama is? How do you know what a soulmate is if you don't know what an ashama, what a soul is? Anyway, I don't know why I got off the subject. Let's get back to the subject. So, there's this thing called addiction. See, I scared those six guys out. Look at that. They're gone. They're gone. They think I got web feet. They're gone. They're out of here. They're like, Good speech. We got to go. We got to go. There's something sitting there. Come on, baby. <whistles> Throw out the worm. Now, you know something about, about fishing? I'm a big fisherman. Yeah. You know what's the great thing about fishing? great thing about fishing is that stupid fish, he sees, this is for you guys. <laughs> he sees, right? Here's this fish. He's really hungry. Ooh, there's a worm going like this. Whoa! A worm! Unbelievable! Lunch! Boom! Same motion. Same motion, girls and boys. That he bites that worm. Same motion, he's dead. He's out of the water. He's dead. In that moment of, I got the worm. It's wiggling. Yeah, it's wiggling. Yeah. I got the worm. In that same motion, you're dead. The hook is through your eye. The hook is through your lip. The hook is through the side of your face. You're dead. That's the satan. Sure, follow the wiggle, guys. You're dead in the same motion. He pulls you out of the water. He pulls the neshama out of its holiness. You're dead. I'm not telling you tonight what I'm telling you for me. I'm not doing this for me. This is not for me. This is for you. That's what this party is tonight. This party is a big, fat worm on a hook. And tonight, the other side, the satan, is going to hook hundreds, maybe thousands of Jewish children, of Jewish souls. And you know what? I can't do anything about it. I can't go there and stop kids from going in. I'm not allowed to. I can't go out. We wanted to go out and stand in front and try to, to, to demonstrate. We're not allowed to. We don't have a permit. The satan owns New York. And there's nothing I can do to stop that party. But I'll tell you one thing. Every single kid that's sitting in this room right now, if you don't go to that party, then you are men and you are women. 
and you have strength and you have self and you have self if you're able not to I'm not judging anyone that goes I'm not here to judge you Hashem will judge you but if you have the strength to say no let me tell you something every person that says no is going to grow because that person's not addicted that person made a choice I am not a fish when a school of fish go into the net I'm going to swim you know what it says very interesting how do you know if a fish is alive if a fish, if a fish swims downstream, the way the water's going, it could be dead, it could be alive. A fish that swims against the stream, a salmon that swims against the stream, you know is alive. The ones that follow the whole group, let's go, let's go party. They may be dead, they may be alive, I don't know. But the one that says, I'm not going, that's a person who has choice. That's a person who's not addicted. That's a person who's alive. So this Shindalid, this Shindalit got up and said to him, I don't know why you didn't take anything from me. Because he didn't know that his wife told him. I don't know why you didn't take anything from me. But I own your keys because every time a man came and asked you for charity, you said no, and you said no, and you said no, till it came to a point you can't say yes anymore. A person who's an alcoholic, I deal with drug addicts, I deal with alcoholics. A person who's an alcoholic, is he a monkey? Is he a dog? He's a human. So he still has choice. So why if I put a drink in front of him, right, is he going to drink it? Why doesn't he say no? He's as human as all of us. And the answer is an addiction means that you did something so often that you can't say no. You're a human being, but you cannot say no. That's what happened to this man. This man kept saying no to giving charity. He lost his keys. So this devil... This demon said to him, I will give you back your keys. Because you did what you did for me, I will give you back your keys. And I'm a demon. And if I give you anything, you're going to have to listen to me and I own you. I will free you of that. And I will give you back your keys. Since they are yours, I'm not really giving you anything. I'm just giving back to you what's yours. And therefore, I will not hurt you. I will take you back to your city and the Kavayosha says that he took him back and he went and he built schools and hospitals and he could not stop giving money so the question is so many of us have lost our keys we don't know how to say no we've said yes to the wrong thing so many times We've said no to the right thing so many times that we have lost our choice. How do we get our keys back? I don't know where that city is. I can't take you guys to that city, to that room and get your keys back. How do we get our keys back? How does a person get his keys back? I was in a hotel a few months ago. They charge $25 if you don't return your key because it's a special Shabbos key, Sabbath key. Leave it to Rabbi Wallerstein and his children. I lost my key. And I couldn't find my key. And here it is Friday night. I come upstairs. All my, my books, I was speaking. I had all my books and all my notes were in my room. And I couldn't find my key. And the people are waiting for Rabbi Wallerstein to come speak. And I can't get into my room. And I'm in a panic. And I'm blaming my kids. And I'm blaming my wife. And I'm blaming everybody. Who took my key? And I can't get in. And they're all waiting. And like I said to my wife, what am I going to do? I can't speak without my notes. 
She said, go to the front desk and ask for the master key. Every hotel has a key that opens up every single door. I never understood how they make one key that fits every single door, but every hotel called, interesting, interesting. Anyone here know what it's called, the master key? Another word for it? Skeleton key. It's called the skeleton key. Eh, maybe they got it from the shade, you know. Maybe it's like a little shady story with the skeleton key, but it's called the skeleton key. So I went to the front desk. I said, I'm, I, I left something in my room. Could you? The guy comes upstairs. He's got a key, sticks it in the door, turns it, opens it up. Of course, my key is laying on, is sitting on my bed, right, where I left it after I blamed everybody. And I came down to speak. And after I finished speaking, because I like to think outside the box, after I finished speaking, I said to myself, Wow! What a lesson. What a lesson to the thing called the master key. So that even if we lose our key, we can talk to God and say, God, I am so addicted to this. I, I, I have done it so many times. I, I can't say no. I don't know how to say no. Hashem, God, I pray to you, give me my key back. Give me the master key. You're the master of the world. You have the master key. Help me. Pray. Now, what does prayer mean? I don't mean open a sitter. I mean sit at the edge of your bed and say, Hashem, I can't stop this. I'm doing something wrong. I can't stop it. I lost my key. Some demon has my key in some closet somewhere, and I really don't want to meet that demon. So, God, do me a favor. You're the owner of the hotel. You're the owner of the world. Open the door for me. Help me out. Rabbi Wallstein is now Rabbi Wallstein. Rabbi Wallstein wasn't Rabbi Wallstein. When he was growing up. At all. In any which way. Far from it. My principal in high school said to me, called me in one day, and said, Wallerstein, you, I spoke to the teachers, you are voted number one kid in the school to end up in the sewer. In the sewer. You know where the water and the garbage runs into? In the sewer. That's what he told me. And I said, looking forward to meeting all of you there. (laughs) And he threw me out. But, but, I've always had the ability to pray to God that he should help me. Anyone in this room who bought tickets and who set up to be picked up to go to this party tonight, that doesn't go, I give you a bracha from my heart and my soul that in the in the schut, in the honor of you being able to say no, that God will give you everything you need in life. Amen. And that means that means health and happiness and whatever you need. And anyone who does go to that party, God help your soul. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.